0: Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N. McClanahan.com. Why are you there? Give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours. Truly, you can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll. And of course, you get great deals on new and forthcoming courses. I've got a new course coming out this month. If you're at McClanahan Academy, you've already heard about it, and you're already getting a good coupon on it. So you want to hop over there and get that coupon, get that new class. It's going to be awesome. I guarantee it. You can also support the show by clicking on the support tab at brianmclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can also click on the uh, the shop tab at BrianMcCLanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of great ways to support the show. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Let them know you like the show because that's the way people get involved in this and they change their mind about the world. And I mean that. I've had all kinds of people email me saying, look, I... I've listened to your show, I've started to think about things differently, and it's catching on, right? We're getting more people, and as you share it around on social media, your friends will say, well, what's what's going on with this Brian McClanahan show? Let me listen to that, and they'll get hooked just like you are. So send me those show requests, too. I do like to get those, but tonight is a Rapid Reaction podcast. I'm recording this almost immediately after the State of the Union address, and I said I was going to do that uh, on today's show, on Tuesday's show, and of course... On Thursday's show, I've actually covered something that Biden talked about in the speech, which is an embarrassing joke, but of course, I'll get to that in a minute. First, just some general thoughts. If anybody watches this State of the Union address and doesn't think immediately of the 25th Amendment, you aren't paying attention. Joe Biden fumbled, stumbled, and bumbled all the way through the thing. It's actually elder abuse. It's embarrassing, and it's really sad to think that we have a situation with the President of the United States who can't even... Uh, coherently make a sentence at times. I mean, this is this is embarrassing. And of course, we all know Biden didn't write the speech. When Biden went off text, it was really bad. And of course, he couldn't even get his thoughts out at times. So that's the largest impression I have, the greatest takeaway. Of course, if you look at the State of the Union address in general, uh, we don't need it delivered the way that it's delivered now. Washington and Adams delivered the State of the Union Address in person. But then Jefferson just wrote it out and sent it to Congress. And it was that way until Woodrow Wilson in the early 20th century. So for most of American history, we haven't had a State of the Union Address in person. It's only been in the last 100 years that we had that. And of course, for more time than not, it's getting close now to about 50-50 we had the state of the union address delivered to congress and they read it which would be the exact way to do it. In fact, if Biden really wanted to be a real man of the people, this is exactly what he would do. He'd get rid of all this monarchical trappings and everything else. One thing that also struck me as interesting is when Biden was done, of course he walks off and he starts shaking hands with all the people in congress. And I thought to myself, you know, this is a strange situation. He is One of them, right? I mean, he is an establishment political class, but he's not very good. He's not very bright. Uh, He's not remarkable at all. In fact, what we've really gotten with Joe Biden is the dream of Woodrow Wilson, which is a prime minister president. We've got it. Joe Biden is simply an extension of the Congress, and he still thinks that way. You saw it all through the speech. He talked about his plan, his agenda, his legislation. He was acting like he was the president of the Senate or the president of Congress, not the president of the United States and not someone who was sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. Because if he did, he wouldn't have said nearly 90% of the garbage in this speech. It's so stupid that I laughed all the way through the speech. I mean, really, I sat here and laughed. Now, funny, my wife uh, walked by and said, Are you still, what are you doing? Are you still watching that thing? I said, Yes. She said, Biden's still awake. Who knew? I mean, it's amazing the guy was up till 10 o'clock. Usually he's already, you know, put a lid on it and headed into to get some warm milk and sit in front of the fire by 9 o'clock at night Eastern. Had to stay up a little extra late tonight and had to, at the end of the speech, give his gusto and give his shot. Oh, he's got to get riled up and angry and everything else. It was just so concocted and fake. The whole thing was a joke. It really was. It was, uh, you know, what you would think of if you're looking at the decline of an empire and the stupid has risen to the top and the stupid is now in charge of everything. And all the best is sitting there scratching their head thinking, how in the heck did we get here? That's Joe Biden and his speech for the State of the Union. And when you read this thing, it's the exact same way. I mean, there's it's platitudes, it's slogan. there's no real substance. It's all stupid. It's like listening to Kamala Harris talk about foreign policy. Uh, if you haven't caught that clip, she was on a radio program and asked, "Well, can you give us a breakdown of what's happening in the middle? I'm sorry, in in Eastern Europe, not Middle East, because of course that would be uh, that would even be worse." But she said, "Yeah, so we have this country, this little country called the Ukraine, and this big country called Russia, and the big country wants to invade the little country. So it's like kindergarten kindergarten cop. I mean, this is just stupid." So, anyways, uh, let's talk about this speech. I'm going to hit a couple of highlights. I was reading the transcript as it was being. Uh, produced during the speech of course politico had it ahead of time so they're actually ahead of the speech and Biden's messing up all over the place he can't get through the thing he can't read it right the first line though i found absolutely hilarious because he says this or one of the first lines he says tonight we made as democrats republicans independents but most importantly as americans with a duty to one another to america to american people to the constitution An unwavering resolve that freedom will always triumph over tyranny. So think about that. He just said we have a resolve, a duty to the Constitution. Right? The whole speech is unconstitutional. Everything he's proposing is unconstitutional. And when you look at what he's saying about foreign policy, which that's the first part of speech, launches right into it. I'm surprised all the Democrats didn't show up with Ukrainian masks. Of course, well, COVID, don't need to wear masks anymore. But we still need to sit 20 feet apart. and the, It's just stupid. The Democrats are all sitting apart. I think the Republicans were a little closer together. But, I mean, this is how stupid this stuff is. It's all show. It's all theater. It's just ridiculous. The science hasn't changed, but the politics have changed. So that's why they're doing it. I talked about that today on uh, Tuesday's podcast. Actually, yesterday, the Boomer Boomerang, right? They all realize what's happening. The Democrats are going to get crushed in the 2022 elections. There's no way around it. And this speech was just a joke. Anyone with half a brain laughed all the way through it. So anyways, he gets into the Ukrainian situation. And some of the lines that uh, were just ridiculous is when he says, he talks about NATO. He says, we, the United States of America, stand with Ukrainian people throughout our history. We have learned this lesson. When dictators do not pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos. I actually agree with that line. Except we really haven't learned that because if we did, we wouldn't support Abraham Lincoln, who was a dictator, as the, uh, as the opponents of the Lincoln administration pointed out. And of course, as they did, they were arrested and sent to jail. Oh, same thing with Woodrow Wilson's opponents. And, you know, by the way, uh, Charles Lindbergh, who opposed uh, Franklin Roosevelt, was uh, singled out by, uh, by Roosevelt's administration and called all kinds of horrible names. But, you know, hey, we've learned our lesson. Dictators don't play unless they're in the United States. Then he says, that is why NATO, the NATO alliance was created to secure peace and stability in Europe after World War II. The United States is a member along with 29 other nations. It matters. American diplomacy matters. American resolve matters. I mean, look at those stupid lines. It matters. American, who said American diplomacy doesn't matter? Who said American resolve doesn't matter? But these are strong lines. We're going to, American diplomacy matters. You know what diplomacy actually does matter? but so does non-intervention that matters too nato is a relic of the cold war it's ridiculous and it's stupid and it's worthless and we don't need it anymore right it's unnecessary nato should go away for a variety of reasons but then biden says uh what why nato should go away he gets down to that he says putin putin's latest attack on ukraine was premeditated and totally unprovoked he, re- he rejected repeated, repeated efforts at diplomacy. He thought the West and NATO would not respond. He thought he could divide us at home in this chamber, and this nation. And he thought he could divide us in Europe as well. But Putin was wrong. We are ready. We are united. And that is what we did. We stayed united. Oh, You know, all the stupid stuff that comes out. of And now, of course, he gets into, we uh, prepared extensively and carefully. We spent months building coalitions of other freedom-loving nations in Europe and the Americas to the Asian and African continents to confront Putin. Many of you, I spent countless hours unifying our European allies. We shared with the world in advance of what we knew of Putin, what he was planning, and precisely how we would try, how he would, we would try to falsify and justify how he would try to falsify and justify his aggression. So there, he made a mistake. Um, one of the things, of course, as he going, th- he's going through this, he calls the Ukrainian people the Iranian people, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, it just it shows you the elder abuse is going on here. We countered Russia's lies with the truth, and now he has acted. The free world is holding him accountable, along with 27 members of the European Union, including all these different countries. Um, And they're inflicting pain on Putin and supporting the people of of Ukraine. Putin is now isolated from the world more than he has ever been. Uh, We're choking Russia's access to technology, all these things. He goes through all the litany of stuff that he's doing. Now, then he gets into some interesting things. I mean it. The United States Department of Justice is assembling a dedicated task force to go after the crimes of the Russian oligarchs. We are joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We are coming for you. Tonight, I announce we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights. Now, one of the things that people don't realize with this, all these economic sanctions and everything else, it hurts the Russian people who... Frankly, I mean, a lot of them aren't even on board with this stuff, right? So the the uh, cataclysmic results of these sanctions for the Russian people, if you really cared about the Russian people and you thought this was Putin the thug, you know, you would, you would try to do some things a little differently here, but that's always the problem with sanctions. He has no idea what is coming. Well, wait a second. You just told him what's coming. That's the funniest part. Putin has no idea what's coming, except I just told him what's coming. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Uh, Now, I want to go down. There's another line here. This 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 is the line that I thought was just ridiculous. But let me be clear. Our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine, but to defend our allies in the event Putin decides to keep moving west. We have mobilized American ground forces, air squadrons, ship deployments to protect countries including Poland, Latvia, and Estonia. As I've made clear, the United States and our allies will defend every inch of territory that is NATO territory with the full force of our collective power, every single inch. Now, this is what the Monroe Doctrine was for, right? The whole idea of the Monroe Doctrine, part of it, was that the United States would stay out of European wars for European reasons. And this is a European war. For European reasons. I mean, this is this is, this is the, the primary reason why the Monroe Doctrine was issued. We stay out of Europe, you stay out of the Western Hemisphere. What? Whatever happens in Europe, happens in Europe, and it doesn't really affect us. These platitudes and slogans and things they use, all these chants and everything else, it's just ridiculously stupid. No one asks them and calls them out. Well, how is Putin, how is this thing in Ukraine going to affect the United States? Certainly, it's going to raise the price of oil, because Germany is dependent on Russian oil. But you know what? We can drill all kinds of oil. We can be we could be energy independent in the United States at this particular point. They've also found cobalt and other things here in the United States. We could actually go through and mine and drill and do everything we need to be essentially self-sufficient. But you know what? We don't do that stuff because of environmental regulations and everything else. And I'm all for uh, protecting the environment and making sure that we don't abuse the environment. But at the end of the day, if these things are necessary for a 21st century economy, we need to figure out how to do it and do it well and not import oil. And we need to be keeping our oil here instead of sending it everywhere else. The Germans shouldn't have been tied in to the Russian pipeline. And there is a video actually out there of Trump telling them this. You people are stupid to go and get Russian oil and natural gas. Why are you doing it? It's just going to come back to bite you. We told you. Don't do it. That video is not really circulated that much, but he's telling the Germans to their face, you're stupid. It's hilarious in a way. We are clear eyed, he says. Not really. Ukrainians are fighting back with pure uh, carriage. Pure carriage. Not courage. Carriage. The next few days, weeks, and months will be hard on them. Putin has unleashed violence and chaos, but while he may make gains on the battlefield, he will pay a continuing high price over the long run. And a pound of Ukrainian people, the proud people, uh, pound for pound, ready to fight with every inch they have. (laughs) They have known 30 years of independence, have repeatedly shown they will not elevate anyone who tries to take their country backwards. To all Americans, I will be honest with you, a Russian dictator invading a foreign country has cost... Around the world and I am taking robust action to ensure the pain of our sanction is targeted at the Russian economy and we use every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers. Okay, what now the funny thing is somebody pointed out that this speech had a lot of Republicans cheering. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. When you've got both groups cheering, something's really wrong. Because you know something's really messed up at that point. And this just goes to show the establishment is on board lockstep with all these things. There's no anti-war group in in, in the American Congress. There's no group that's really dedicated to protecting the Constitution. There's a few people here and there. And the Republicans sat on their hands for much of the right things. But they shouldn't be cheering American interventionism. They shouldn't be cheering American imperialism. They shouldn't cheer it at all. They should be cheering the dissolution of NATO. They should be cheering the end of the Cold War. And certainly... The, the part here with Putin, I think we need, I need to make clear in a couple things. The two provinces of the Ukraine that wanted to break out of Ukraine and join Russia should have been allowed to do so. And Putin should not be, uh, should not be able to go in and seize Ukraine, which is, of course, an independent state as well. But the issue here is if the United States had just said, we're not going to let Ukraine join NATO, well, all this would have stopped. If the United States, if, if, I mean, look, during four years of the Trump administration, Putin didn't do anything. He did stuff during the Biden during the Biden administration and the Obama administration, but not the Trump administration. Think about that. Supposedly Trump is in the back pocket of Putin, but yet Putin doesn't do anything. Putin does nothing. You get Biden there, the interventionist, the internationalist, and of course Putin reacts. He's going to react because he knows that Biden was pushing Ukrainian involvement in NATO, and Trump was not. Trump was trying to cut back NATO. So, there you go. Uh, and... These separate, these, these breakaway uh, states out of the Ukraine, of course, that's a pretty strong part of the Ukrainian economy. It's got a lot of natural resources, which is why Russia wants it. But at the end of the day, those people wanted to be part of Russia anyways. So we have to talk about nation states and what they are. And I think that's where, where Trump initially said that uh, he was in favor of Putin securing those states because that was self-determination. Now, Putin going further into Ukraine is wrong and it should not be accepted. The Ukrainian people should fight for their independence and their sovereignty. Just like they broke away from the Soviet Union. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Soviet these these states breaking away from the Soviet Union is a good thing, but these other state, these other two areas that wanted to join Russia should be able to do it as well. So, that's my stand on that. That's the only thing I'm ever going to say about that on this podcast. But anyways, Um, Tonight I can announce the United States has worked with 30 other countries to release 16 million barrels of oil from reserves around the world. America will lead that effort, releasing 30 million barrels, and we stand ready to do more if necessary. What's funny about that, and I saw this somewhere, America uses about 30 million barrels of oil a day. So that's one day of oil. Great. You know what you can do? You can start drilling more oil. Uh, we, We could have done that a long time ago. We can ease inflation, which is driving the cost of oil up. I mean, these are just stupid things. Uh, But I want you to know we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. When the history of this era is written, Putin's war in Ukraine will have left Russia weaker and the rest of the world stronger. We're going to be okay. I mean, who cares what he says. And he says, of course, this is the battle between democracy and autocracy. Democracies are rising to the moment. I guess he ignores, you know, all all the years the United States has sided with autocrats and everything else. I mean, it's just, again, platitudes, slogans, stupid, stupid, stupid. The world is clearly choosing the side of peace and security. This is the real test. It's going to take time. Let's continue to draw inspiration from the iron will of the Ukrainian people to follow our, to our fellow Ukrainian Americans who forge a deep bond that connects our two nations. We stand with you. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but it will never gain the hearts and souls of the Ukrainian people. He will never weaken the resolve of the free world. So then he gets into his domestic policies. And of course, part of the funniest things in all this is talking about what he's going to do with inflation. You know, Joe Biden's going to confront inflation. He's going to impose price caps. He's going to take more unconstitutional action. And they're going to spend more money. They're going to print more. We're going to get free health care, uh, free child care, free community college, all these things free. Well, of course, it's not really free. You got to print money to do it. And that's the biggest problem with the dang. A set of inflation right now. We're having inflation because the government's been printing money like they got their HP turned on is hitting print. Right? I mean, it's just coming out. So this is the problem. We're seeing a massive amount of printing and that is the problem. Now, he blames this on Trump. He says, as my dad used to say, it gave the people a little bit of breathing room. This is the uh, all the things that they did, all the money they spent. Unlike the $2 trillion tax cut in the previous administration, that benefit of the top 1% of Americans, that benefit of the top 1% of Americans, the American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind, right? And it worked. It did. It created jobs. What? It didn't create any jobs. They sent people home and said, don't work. didn't create a single job. Now the reason people are back to work is because people just had to go back to work. I mean, this is the thing. We took almost two years off. We had people that were taking two years of vacations, in certain states. Uh, in other states, not so much. I mean, people were working the whole time. It's funny when he brings up COVID later on. The CDC has now said you don't have to wear a mask. You know what? In, in in Republican-controlled states, so-called red states, it's been going on that way for months, for years. I've been wearing masks. I'll never forget here in my state, the uh, in the city where I lived at the time, uh, the. The mayor said, we're going to shut down the park, right? It came from the state, though. It was actually the, the governor the governor said, we're going to shut down po- uh, you know out, outdoor parks. And uh, so the city had a police show up, and they said, you can't come here. Within a day, that was gone. Because people just started going onto the park. And what are they going to do, arrest them? I mean, the cops weren't going to do it. People were wanting to walk and, and exercise and do some things. It was just stupid. But this is exactly what uh the, the Biden administration thinks people, I mean, they have been in blue states. I mean, people with mental disorders, essentially, have been doing these things. You're know, not going outside, not getting fresh air, not doing anything. And he said in here that, you know, parents of five-year-olds under fives are just chomping at the bit to get a vaccine. What parents is he talking to? <laughs> I, I mean, again, it depends on where you are. He is governing for the blue states, thinking that America is California. America is New York. It's not. America is everything else. Real America is red America, and I think that's something he misses. We do have a cultural divide in America, and Biden is representative of the morons, the Yankees that live in these blue states. Uh, he talks about the economy coming back. Well, it's going to once you once people go back to work because you Democrats sent them home. This is the thing. It's it's government's gonna gonna break something, then they'll take claim for fixing it supposedly. It's ridiculous. If it ain't broke, government will fix it till it is. So on tomorrow's show, when I talk about these watchdogs, the whole thing is preposterous. The whole reason we have it is because of all the government spending. Who knew that if the government wasted money, there would be people that abuse it? Of course, fraud is going to happen when you spend that much government money. So he gets into middle class. Well, if the middle class grows, everything grows. Well, all right, but how does the middle class grow? Well, uh, how about cutting and how about how about cutting spending, lowering taxes, and at the same time uh, stop printing so much money. That will solve some of the problems, right? Because when you do that, you'll see prices go down. It will happen, uh, and then of course more competition. He talks about you know. We need competition. I'm a capitalist. I believe in competition. No, you don't. You believe in price controls. You believe in heavy-handed government spending, heavy-handed government activity. That's what you believe in. One of the funniest things in this, too, is when Chuck Schumer stood up, and he was going to clap, and no, no other Democrats stood up, and then there were booze. Absolutely hilarious. I mean, the whole thing is just a joke. American politics has just become a clown show. It really is. There's nobody remarkable in the Congress on either side for the most part. I mean, there's a few people on on the Republican side that are worthwhile to follow around and see what they're doing and listen to what they say. But most people are just a joke. That's a clown show. On both sides. It's ridiculous. This is why I'm saying, you know, if you want to change America, forget about these, these clowns in Congress, forget about these jokesters, and start focusing on local action. Start thinking about local action. You know, buy American products, support American jobs. I mean, look. um, The fact is, I mean, Trump. Trump said this too. Same thing. You know, make America great again. It's that's certainly part of it. One of the lines here uh, that was funny was um, he said, "I can't. I I have to find it here." Oh, there is something happening in America. Yeah, I'll tell you what's happening in America. Just a bunch of clowns are running things. But I mean, that line. There's something happening in America. Like, you know, I wait on bated breath. What, Joe? What's happening? Of course, I, I remarked on Twitter. I was live tweeting uh, while this thing was going on. That um, it's kind of like a, an essay that one of my students years ago—I'm talking to like, I mean, twenty plus years ago—wrote. The American Revolution is not an event that happened for no reason. I mean, just th- this speech is full of that kind of stupid stuff. Uh, and, of course, they had to have the the obligatory, uh, we're going to, let's point this person out. Let's point these cops out. Let's point this person out that needs uh, needs uh, insulin and all these other things. I mean, stupid stuff, right? This is typical. It's, it's all scripted, of course. It's all nonsense. But this is what you get out of these ridiculous State of the Union addresses. Um, then he says this, economists call it increasing the productive capacity for our economy. And he's talking about, you know, more roads and all these things, more us, more supply chains, more internet access, because we need people with more internet access in America. Uh, I call it building a better America. My plan to fight inflation will lower your costs and lower the deficit. Seventeen Nobel laureates in economics said my plan will ease long-term inflationary pressures. Well, what a, what an odd endorsement of of anything against your plan, right? Because I'm sure these Nobel laureates in economics uh, are Democrats who are in line with you politically. So of course they're going to say that. I can guarantee you, none of those people were were Austrians, because the only thing to do here is to cut spending and cut taxes. You do those things, and the economy will roar. Uh, he talks about drug prices and other things that, um, and I'm not going to read any of that stuff. Energy costs, you know, how you cut energy costs, you get more oil, you get more natural gas, and this is what you do: not electric vehicles. Not electric vehicles, because that's going to actually increase uh, costs Those things are more expensive. Lower the price of electric vehicles. Well, car prices are through the roof. Why? Well, because of inflation. So This is just stupid. Um, cost of child care, uh, free college. I mean, it's like just Santa Claus is coming to town. So the fact is, uh, this plan, he says, my plan went on to lower costs and give families a fair shot. It will lower the deficit. No, it won't. None of this will lower the deficit. None of this is good. I mean, these are just, again, nobody, well, how? I mean, can you show me hard numbers right now? If you want to lower the deficit today, well, then you'd better cut spending. Right now. That would be a good thing. Why not eliminate the deficit? Why not not have a deficit? That would be good without raising taxes. That's the key, though. Don't raise any taxes, but lower the deficit. You know, I do that you send some of these idiots in Washington packing. One line I found funny, he said, let's increase Pell Grant and increase our historic support for HBCUs and invest in what Jill, our first lady who teaches full-time, calls America's best-kept secret community colleges. Now, what most people don't realize is that when you increase the Pell Grant, it's a very popular thing, you know, when you increase the Pell Grant, what's going to be the side effect of that? I'll tell you. The colleges are going to raise their tuition. So you can increase the Pell Grant, the colleges are not going to sit there and just let the students get more money. They're going to raise tuition. It's going to happen. So college, the cost of college will go up. It happens every time. Every time you increase something, the cost of college goes up. So they know there's more money out there, so they're going to get it. Because if you increase the Pell Grant, right, and your community college, let's say you know Pell Grant is uh, $10,000 a year for a student. That means that community college is going to get just about every dime of that. They're going to take it all. They'll leave you a little bit for your books, but they're going to make sure they get all of it. And so that's the funny thing about this. So spend more money to create more inflation. This is one of the most idiotic things. And of course, he has other stupid things in here. He talks about you know the gun industry, which of course uh, uh, we are. Uh, that that was stupid. Um, we, we have uh, treatments and free high-quality masks, right? Free high-quality masks for everybody. Um, I cannot uh, promise a new variant will co- not come, but I can promise you we can do everything with our power to be ready if it does, right? Third, we can end shutdowns of schools and businesses. So you know what? This has been going on in other than red states for months. They've already sh- They've already opened everything back up. It's just the idiotic blue states like Nancy Pelosi's California that haven't done it. And they realize... That this is so unpopular politically. I can tell you right now, if the American public was still on board with lockdowns and shutdowns, they'd still be doing it. They'd still promote it all the time. If they thought that the 50% of the population or more was for it, but they know the polling numbers are, are crushing them. They know that 70% of Americans don't want it. And they want to get out of this stupidity that we've been suffering through for, for uh, two years. With 75% of adults, Americans fully vaccinated and hospitalizations down by 77%, most Americans can remove their masks and stay in the classroom and move forward safely. Again, red states have been doing this already. And to do this costs money, right? We got to get people... So there it is. We're going to spend more money. He says, I'll be back to see you all so I can get more money from Congress. Uh, More money that, of course, is is, going to create inflation. And he says, "We won't stop. We cannot build a wall high enough to keep out a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of the. Is this is where you know what w- keep out a virus? Uh, we cannot build a wall high enough to keep out a vaccine. But he probably meant a virus. Uh, but this is one of his major gaps. And he kind of stutters: the virus, va- vaccine, v- uh, vaccine. Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, but I mean, this is he gets into to fund the police, which of course he says he's not going to do that, um, and." All federal funding for police is unconstitutional. Let me just say that right now. It's all unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows that, but of course, that's what Biden would say they're going to do. Um, And folks, ban assault weapons in high-capacity magazines with 100 rounds. He says, you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? That's not the point. The funniest thing is, and people have pointed this out, in Ukraine right now, the government's handing out assault rifles, quote-unquote, to protect themselves. Well, you know what? The United States, they already have that. It's clear... Why the Second Amendment is there? Because you need a militia, and that, of course there's there's trained soldiers in the Ukraine, and there's there's an army here in the United States. But the Russians are facing resistance now. Of course, the Ukrainians also have their airsoft uh, rifles and their cardboard AK forty sevens. But um, otherwise, uh, you know, you you have a situation in the United States that you have so many people armed. It would be much harder to uh, to create a uh, a. a an invasion scenario in the United States for that reason alone. There's all kinds of other ones, but that one would also. Um, all the other stuff, he gets into the Supreme Court justice that he's nominated, which, of course, is a bad nominee. Probably at some point I'll talk about that. I mean, most of the speech was just standard boilerplate Democrat stupidity. Uh, Democrat or establishment stupidity. Um and it really wasn't worth, it's not worth my time to go through all of it. But of course, at the end of the speech, which I found was just absolutely hilarious. Uh, and because he got, you know, he gets through his crescendo here. My fellow Americans, tonight we have gathered in a sacred space, the citadel of our democracy. So think about what he said there. And I've i have talked about this on this program before. A sacred space, the American secular religion, the Puritans, the political Puritans. This is what they think. They've put up barbed wire fence and everything around now because for what? I mean, who's coming in? Uh, this is just stupid. It's the it's the roar railings that have been set up. And this capital, generation after generation of Americans have debated great questions amid great strife and have done great things. We have fought for freedom, expanded liberty, defeated totalitarianism and terror. We built the strongest, freest, and most prosperous nation the world has ever known. Now is the hour, our moment of responsibility, our test of resolve and conscience of history itself. And this, it is in this moment that our character of this generation is formed. Our purpose is found. Our future is forged. Well, I know this nation. We will meet the test to protect freedom and liberty, expand fairness and opportunity, and we will save democracy. Now, what's funny is, I guess the memo went out, don't clap during this part, because nobody clapped right here. It was was actually kind of funny. Because you would think that these profound lines that Biden's delivering here at the end, people would have clapped. No, 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 no. It was silent. They knew it. It was, a, it was embarrassing. It was actually uncomfortable to watch at this part of it. Because he's, he's raising his voice and he just looks like a moron. He, he looks like an old man who can barely get through it. And it was terrible. As hard as these times have been, I am more optimistic about America today than I have been my whole life, because I see the future that is within our grasp, because I know there is simply nothing beyond our capacity. We're the only nation on earth that has always turned every crisis we've faced into an opportunity, the only nation that can be defined by a single word, possibilities. I thought there was a different word that everyone defined the United States by. I thought it was proposition nation, right? Anyways, so on this night, in our 245th year as a nation, that's not true. We have never really had a nation in American history. But, I mean, that's, again, semantics. I have come to report on the State of the Union. and my report is this. The State of the Union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. Yeah, everybody has to say That's obligatory. Uh, my fellow Americans, the State of the Union is strong. I would love for a president one time to come out there and say, you know what, it sucks right now. It's kind of like President Camacho, right? I would just love a President Camacho one time to come out and say, you know what, everything's bad. And you know why it's bad? Because you idiots in Congress are making it bad. Because you're a bunch of dopes. And you morons on the Supreme Court, you're a bunch of dopes. You're dopes. I'd love for somebody to do that one time. Just come out and say it. Particularly if they're the other party and they're controlling it. Just come out and say, the, the, I mean, this stinks. These people stink. They're doing horrible things. This is what you're doing. I'm going to give you the State of the Union and tell you you where all these idiots are doing things wrong. Now, I'm sure the response is funny on any of these. Progressives have their response. Republicans have their response. It's all just stupid. Then he says, we are stronger today than we were a year ago. And we'll be stronger a year from now than we are today. And we'll be stronger the next year after that than we are that year. And then that, that election is the most important of our life. And then the next election is the most important of our lifetime. And then the next election is the most important of our lifetime. And we will as one people. You know who's spinning his grave? It's, it's John, uh, John Taylor of Caroline when he heard that. If you'd heard that. As one people. You'd say that's like a, you know having an America for Americans is like utopia for utopians. We don't have one people It's ridiculous. It's stupid. One America, the United States of America. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Thank you. So this is the idiotic State of the Union address that uh, I I waited up and, of course, a hot reaction here right after the fact. And you're going to get it. Now, of course, it's it's the morning after when you're going to get this. But I wanted you to have it right away, my thoughts on these things. Uh, So there you go. And I'll see you tomorrow on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.